Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. my future paleontologist doing. I'm Dinosaur George, and it is so good to be back in the studio. It's been a little while since I was able to record a podcast because I've been doing a lot of traveling and getting things ready. It looks like we are finally going to open up our uh, museum exhibit here in San Antonio at a place called Trader's Village. I'll give you complete details about that once I get... uh, Uh, Once I get everything done. So right now we're still in the process and I'm just getting everything ready for it. Boxing up, crating up some skeletons and some bones to be able to take over and put them on exhibit. So if you live in or around San Antonio, Texas, or if you ever are going to visit San Antonio, Texas, once my museum is open, I hope you stop in and see us. It will only be open on weekends. It's not open during the week. It will only be open on the weekends. But again, I will give you all the detailed information about it and uh, I'll make sure and take a lot of cool pictures and post them on the Dinosaur George Kids uh, Facebook group page. So a couple of bits of information, very exciting. Biggest one, our podcast is now listened to in 71 different countries in the world. We've got listeners in 71 different countries And I am so thrilled and so happy to see it being this popular. It makes it so much fun. And I am getting such nice emails and messages and comments. And I'm just, I'm just so glad that, uh, that you all are part of this and, uh, that you like listening to it. So I'm so glad our Patreon club is growing like crazy. Uh, Patreon is a club where we have three different levels. The first level costs a dollar a month. The next level costs $5 a month. And the third one costs $10 a month. And if you pay for the whole year, you get a discount. So Patreon is great. We've had some really fun lessons. Uh, Part of the different things we do in Patreon is you, of course, get to be, um, you get to um, uh, get private lessons, not private like one-on-one. But all Patreon members get a chance to come on and do lessons. And we just did one that was really popular. I described how we find dinosaurs from start to finish. The next one, I think, is going to be on venomous dinosaurs. So I hope you'll consider joining the Patreon Club because that's what helps me do this podcast. Now, some really exciting news. I am going to be doing a live lesson totally free. Um, It's going to be a Zoom lesson for anyone that wants to join. The details, if you would like to be part of this, you'll need to go to the Dinosaur George Kids group page on Facebook and get your parents, if you're young, to become a member of the group. It's totally free. There's nothing required. We don't ask for any of your information, all your private information, none of that. 
This is a page where people come for fun. You get to post pictures, your drawings, pictures of your dinosaur toys. So if you would like to sit in on the Zoom lesson, again, it's completely free. You will be finding all of the login details over on the Dinosaur George Kids page. So I hope you'll consider joining. It's going to be fun. The lesson is called Dinosaurs 101. I'm going to do a lesson on what is a dinosaur. I'm going to give you some really cool information. And so, and if you don't use Zoom, but you do use Facebook, we're going to simulcast it over to, to the Dinosaur George Kid Facebook page. So you can either join the Zoom lesson or you can watch it on Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. And we can only hold up to 500 guests on the Zoom. So if you try to log in and you can't, at least you can go and watch it on Dinosaur George Kids. So that's exciting news. If you would like to, uh, you get a chance to see what I look like. Not everybody knows. Some of you just listen. And uh, I will I will record the lesson and post it on Dinosaur George Kids as well. So if you're unable to do it, um, you'll be able to at least watch it there. This is going to take place this month, March 2021, on March the 27th. That's a Saturday. The time will be 9 a.m. Central Time. You'll need to get your parents if you're young, if you don't know how to, if you don't know what time zone you live in and what time that would be for you, because it's different for everybody all over the world. Like 9 a.m. Central Time on Saturday could be 4 p.m. in England. Or it could be 10 o'clock in the morning in Australia on Sunday. But 9 a.m. Central Time. That's I live in San Antonio, Texas. That's where we're located. That's the day of the free lesson. And I hope that you will all consider joining. Now some shout outs. This first one is the most important one because this goes to my little princess, Adeline. Adeline is the daughter of the lady who handles all social media for this company. She does it all. If you've ever seen posts on Dinosaur George Kids, if you've ever seen posts on the Dinosaur George page, if you've ever seen posts on any of the social media, um, her mom, Lexi, is the one who does it? Well, Adeline sent me the cutest video. Adeline, I want you to know I loved your video and I love you too, Adeline. Next, I want to give a shout out to Jeremy De Rosario, who turns eight on the 13th of March, who turned eight on the 13th of March. Jeremy, I just wanted to wish you, a, I know it's late, but I wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And this next shout out goes to Troy. Troy whose mom and dad are my friends. Uh, mom Gracie is my friend. I haven't met your dad yet, but I will. Uh, Troy, I just want to give you a shout out and tell you hello and tell you that I'm going to try to bring the Traveling Museum back to Del Rio one of these days, and I'll get a chance to meet you in person and meet your mom and dad in person as well. Kyrie from Edmonton, I just wanted to give you a shout out because you sent some great suggestions for future podcasts, really good ones. I really like those. Then shout outs to Pine Shadow Elementary in Houston, Texas. Pine Shadow Elementary, I got a chance to do virtual lessons for them. Jenks Elementary in Katy, Texas. You guys were a lot of fun too. 
I got to do lessons for these students at Jenks Elementary, which was great. And then I got a chance to do a birthday lesson for Wesley, who lived in Austin. That was a private event for Wesley and his friends. That was a lot of fun. Wesley, I hope you enjoyed it. And then finally, I had such a blast <laughs> this past Saturday. I did a, a birthday lesson for my little buddy, Rehan, who lives out in California. And I had such a good time teasing Rehan's dad and uncle. Thank you, dad. Thank you, uncle, for playing along and being so much fun. And Rehan, I don't know why we kept throwing your dad to every dinosaur. <laughs> but anyway, I hope, uh, Rehan, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope your parents did too. And thank your mom for contacting us and um, and having me do that. All right. I want to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids pot, uh, Facebook group page. That's a mouthful. Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group book <laughs> face. Facebook group page. And I want to just go through because there's so many cool things. Let's see. Uh, and I want to give shout outs to all these people. Let's see. Uh, Xavier. It says Xavier and, and Megan, his mom, said, we watched the dinosaur, Dis- uh, watched the Disney movie Dinosaur and wondered if Carnotaurus and Iguanodon lived at the same time. Well, they didn't actually. Iguanodon and, and Carnotaurus didn't live at the same place. Uh, I, I love the movie, by the way. I liked it a lot, but they did not live in the same place. And he also wants to know if I could do a feature creature on either Iguanodon or Carnotaurus. Hey, uh, listen, uh, Xavier, uh, I saw Carnotaurus on the list. I'll try to add Iguanodon, but I saw it. And he's, and as mom said, he loves your podcast. Well, hey, Xavier, there's your own personal shout out, buddy. Thank you so much. Okay, then Vivian of Arlington six years old, by the way, would like to know how birds dinosaurs. Well, Vivian, the way scientists, the way scientists put things into family groups is by similarities. And so when you look at a bird on the outside, it doesn't really look like pictures you see of dinosaurs, but we don't know really what dinosaurs look like on the outside. So maybe they looked exactly like birds. More and more evidence is suggesting that So the way that birds are dinosaurs is because of their skeletal structure, their skeletons. When you look at a chicken and when you look at a Tyrannosaurus rex, you don't pay attention to the size of the bones. You pay attention to the shape of the bones and how they're put together, how many bones are in the hip, how many holes they have in their skull. All of those things add up to that. So there you go, Vivian. There's your shout out and your question answered. All right, Theo, age seven, who turns eight on March 23rd. Whoa, Theo, that's very soon. Theo would like to know how long Diplodocus's tail was. Well, Theo, I believe Diplodocus, I want to say Diplodocus is 80 feet. And so its tail is probably half of that, more maybe 40 feet. I don't know, Theo, that's a great question. But my guess is going to be 40 feet. That's a good one. Okay. Hello, DG. My son, Lucas, and I love listening to your podcast on the way to and from school. Hey, that's great. Eric, thank you so much for taking time to write to me. And Lucas, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, Thanks for what you're doing. Lucas, who is eight, would like to know, did Micropachycephalosaurus use his head like a ram similar to Pachycephalosaurus? Also, can you make an episode about Helicoprion and Dunkleosius, please? Thanks again. Good suggestions. I've only done Megalodon. We need to do one on Helicoprion or Helicoprion, depending on how you pronounce it. And I definitely need to do one about Dunkleosteus. Good, 
good questions. All right, so little Micropachycephalosaurus, tiny little dinosaur with a bone head. If the bone head is like an adult, only smaller, which I think it is, then it probably used it. So it's certainly not knocking down dinosaurs because Micropachy is small enough to hold in your one hand. But maybe it's knocking down lizards. Maybe it's knocking down little dinosaurs. I think it could have done that. That's a great question. All right, let me keep scrolling through. Oh, now I like this. Everett and Scarlett sent me pictures of a Dimetrodon and a T-Rex. Those are great for any of you, for any of you who would like to be on Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. We love to see your drawings. We love to see your dinosaur toys. So Everett and Scarlett, thank you. I love it. Everett drew a Dimetrodon. Scarlett drew a scary Tyrannosaurus. And these are absolutely great. Speaking of pictures, uh, Henry, seven-year-old Henry from New York City, sent an amazing Utah raptor. Hey, wait a minute. Henry, did you put me in front of it to be eaten? You naughty, naughty kid. You have me being eaten by a Utah raptor. You stinking kid. All right, that's an excellent drawing. But why did you put me in front of it? Hey, and how come you didn't give me any hair? Uh, you saying I'm bald, kid? <laughs> That's an excellent drawing. Thank you for sending me or sending it. Now, uh, it looks like Casey Fitzgerald wrote and said her son Jack, or this might be dad or mom who wrote it. My son Jack would like to like you to see his drawings. These Jack are spectacular. There is an Albertosaurus, a Velociraptor, two versions of Velociraptors, Brachiosaurus, uh. Oh, you've got so many in here. I think you did Mashikasaurus and Woolly Mammoth. Oh, these are great. Jack, nice job. Thank you for sending those. Those look great. And then here is little Agnes. Oh, Agnes, you're one of my favorites. Agnes sent me a really, really cool drawing. Uh, Mom wrote and said, um, our four-year-old Agnes has fallen in love with your podcast and dinosaurs. I'm so glad to hear that. She listens to you every day. She has also convinced the whole family to love dinosaurs as well. Oh, I'm glad you guys, I'm glad you're listening as a family. And I'm glad you're spending time learning with your child. I'm so proud of you guys. That's great. So she did a beautiful Utah Raptor drawing. And that is the most beautiful Utah Raptor I've ever seen. Thank you, little Agnes. That is so cool. That is so cool. Okay, let's see. Um, 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 um. Oh, here we go. This is to Everett and Scarlett. My kids cannot wait for the first class with you this weekend. Oh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. They listen to your podcast every day over and over again. I'm so glad. And if I have the chance, they would love a shout out. Well, there is no way I have no time to give a shout out to Everett and Scarlett. There's no way I'm going to give them a shout out to Everett and Scarlett. I don't even have the time to say the name Everett and Scarlett. Wait a minute. I think I just gave you 25 shout outs. There you go, you guys. Glad you listened, and I'm glad to give you a shout out. Uh, Let's see. This is from Maura Dudley. Hello, Dinosaur George. My son and his friends love listening to your podcast when we carpool home from school. Nice job. All right. Uh, That is absolutely awesome. We just listened to Dilophosaurus. Jack wants to know where Dilophosaurus hunted, and James wants to know if they hunted in packs. Thank you for bringing joy to our kids. Well, James and Jack, give each other a high five. You guys made it onto the podcast. Congratulations. Now you are 
superstars. So where did they hunt? Dilophosaurus probably, because it seems to be a relatively light animal. It appears that it probably hunted near the water. It may have hunted near the water. It may have been a fish eater for all we know. And did they hunt in packs, J- James? Yeah, I think they did. It certainly would have helped. But when they hunted packs, I don't think they're catching big dinosaurs. I think what they're doing is maybe walking together through a river or a stream and herding the fish into the shallow water. It'd be a great way to, it'd be an excellent way to, uh, it'd be an excellent way to be able to catch them. That's very good. Okay, let me keep going here. Uh, Here's one from Xavier who would like to know all the cool places you've gotten to travel because you're a paleontologist. Well, Xavier, I have gotten to travel to some of the amazing things like the Royal Terrell Museum in Canada. I went to the Museum of Thanksgiving Port in Utah. I went to the um, uh, Carnegie Museum. I went to the New York Museum of Natural History, the Houston Museum, the Dallas Museum. Oh, my gosh. I've been to museums all over the country. I went to one in North Carolina. I went to one in Florida. I, oh, I can't even keep track. And as far as seeing some great dig sites, I've been to really cool places like South Dakota, Montana, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, you name it. And then uh, Riley, uh, uh, Riley Wright uh, wrote and said, look like this orangutan pictures. This is so, so cool. Uh, her son took a Sarcosuchus toy to the zoo yesterday and some an orangutan loved it, came up and wanted to look at it. Sounds like we've got a future orangutan listener. <laughs> Sean Jones would like to know how did dinosaurs sleep, especially long necks and T-Rex. And did dinosaurs sneeze? Well, <laughs> Sean, excellent question. I'm going to answer your dino question in a minute, your sneeze question in a minute. But first, I want to answer your did dinosaurs sleep. Yes, they did. How did they do it? Well, I don't think they even laid down. I think they stood on their, I stood up and slept. Elephants don't lay down and sleep. Uh, Cows oftentimes sleep standing up. Horses usually sleep standing up. They can certainly sit down when they want. But here's the reason why big animals don't lay down and sleep. This is why giraffes don't lay down. This is why rhinos sometimes sleep standing up. Because it takes a lot of energy to get back up again. And you're in danger if you're If you're helpless on the ground. But the other reason why is when you're really big, the weight of your body would literally squeeze your lungs and it would be impossible to breathe. All right, let's see. Uh, Hazel, little Hazel. Now, Hazel and her sister. Hazel and her sister came out to see me on Sunday at Trader's Village. And I had the best time with both of you. You guys were great. Hazel sent me a really cool Utah Raptor, an excellent Utah Raptor. I like this one a lot. I love it. And I agree with you, Hazel. I don't think uh, Utah Raptor would have eaten the pterosaurs because they would have cleaned their teeth. But by the way, by the way, Hazel, you and your sister, I thought you said your name was Frank and Joe. Didn't you two try to trick me? Yeah, now I remember you came up and said, my name is Frank and my sister's name is Joe. And I'm like, are you serious? Because they wanted me to autograph one of my books that I wrote. And I was like, what is your name? And she's like, my name is Frank. And I looked at her mom and her mom is like, I'm sorry, Dinosaur George. My girls are out of control. They forgot their names. Okay, I'm teasing you guys. I'm on the one that called you Frank and Joe. <laughs> But I had such a good time seeing both of you, and I'm glad you guys came out. 
All right, Joshua, age four, wanted to send Dinosaur George a message. He said, thank you for the podcast and thanking, thank you for making them. I love you, uh, loving these episodes. Well, guess what, Joshua? This episode has your name on it, buddy. This is for young Joshua. Patience, you, you, my friend, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I'm so happy that you like uh, that you like the lesson. Uh, let's keep going down the page. Oh, Ollie, one of our T-Rex club members, Ollie's mom pasted pictures of Ollie opening up his special package and receiving his welcome gifts. Oh, Ollie, those pictures are great. He got a raptor claw and a T-Rex tooth. Ollie, I am so glad. I'm so glad that you that you uh, liked it. And let's see. Kai is a Patreon member obsessed, obsessed with the podcast. I'm so glad. And how are you, Kai? He is four, and Kai sent me a great picture of a Utah raptor and pterosaurs eating the meat out of their mouth. See, in one of the podcasts, I asked you to send me pictures, and so many of you did. And that one, Kai, is great. I love the colors you use. That's great. Uh, Let's see. Here's another one from uh, Vanny. says, my son Rohan loves listening to your podcast. We all laugh at your jokes. Yeah, you guys better laugh at my jokes. Those are grade A jokes. That's funny. Rowan is wondering what is the difference between a Triceratops and a Chasmosaurus? They look similar, but one book says Triceratops could defend itself against predators, but Chasmosaurus couldn't. Okay, first of all, they are distinctively different dinosaurs. You have to look really close, especially look at the skull. You can see there's a difference between them, but they both have the ability to defend themselves. No animal was defenseless. All animals could defend themselves. So excellent, excellent question, Rohan. And I'm glad you guys listen. Okay, this is from Miss Spikerman. Caleb loves your podcast and is a Patreon member. Hey, Caleb, how are you, buddy? His question was, which dinosaur was discovered first, Iguanodon or Megalosaurus? Great question. Uh, Megalosaurus was found first. Iguanodon. Okay, let me see if I get this right. And maybe I'm confusing these. Megalodon was found first, but Iguanodon got its name first. See, they they don't get to get a name the day they find them. They have to research them. So I think that's correct. I think that's right, Caleb, that I think Megalodon was found. I mean, Megalodon. Megalosaurus was found first, but Iguanodon was named first. I think that's it. Okay, everybody. uh, Let's see. I just want to make sure. Oh, one other thing. Uhtred, my little buddy, my three and a half year old friend from North Carolina, sent the coolest picture. The coolest picture of him wearing a little Triceratops costume. Oh, that is so cool. And Uhtred wants to know, um, are there any dinosaurs that we don't know what they ate? Yes, there are. Because you know why? Sometimes we don't find their head. And if we don't find their head, then we have no idea. We have no idea what they ate. We can guess by looking at their claws and teeth. I mean, looking at their claws, but we don't know for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, from uh, This is from Katie. Hi, Dinosaur George Henry, age eight, who's one of my Patreon members. Would like to know if Carnotaurus ever used those tiny little arms for anything. Probably not, Henry. Probably not. They're too tiny. I don't think he used them for anything. All right, uh, let's see. This is from Miss Angie, who says, 
My son, Timothy, and daughter Mary love your podcast. We've all enjoyed learning about dinosaurs to help pass the lockdown time here in Ontario, Canada. Timothy is wondering what is the largest carnivore that ever lived, and Mary is wondering what do you think Brachiosaurus did for fun? Oh, okay. You know what, you guys? I've made it down to the... I'm going through the page. I realize I answered these questions for you little stinkers on the last podcast, so now I know I've gone, what I'm doing is I'm just scrolling down the page and I'm trying to get everybody. So you little stinkers, I already answered your question the last time. Everybody knows that Brachiosaurus loved going out on its motorcycle and spending the weekend wind blowing through its hair, enjoying its life on a motorcycle. Everyone knows that. Okay. Maybe everyone doesn't know that. All right, my little friends. How about we figure out who the feature creature is for this episode? It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. One of my favorite ceratopsians, and to be honest with you, it is my ultimate favorite ceratopsian, is Styracosaurus, and everybody has a Styracosaurus toy. Well, most people do anyway. You should. Styracosaurus is a cousin of Triceratops. It is a super cool-looking dinosaur because its frill is amazing. Now, the name Styracosaurus means spiked lizard. Why? Because of its frill. Let's talk about its size first. This dinosaur is 18 feet long. That means 5.5 meters long. It's a, it's a fairly big dinosaur. It's not giant, but that's fairly big. It was almost six feet tall, and that means 1.8 meters high. So it's, it's taller than most humans. But again, it's not a gigantic member of the Ceratopsian family, but it's still cool. And it weighed three tons. That's as much as an, an African elephant. So it's a fairly heavy dinosaur. Now, this dinosaur was, is located or has been discovered in Canada and Montana, but it probably had other areas. When you find the skeleton of an animal separated by hundreds and thousands of miles, well, that means that, that, that there were probably other ones in between. They just haven't found any skeletons there. So I suspect Styracosaurus had a fairly big range of places to live. It lived during the Cretaceous, the late Cretaceous, about 75.5 to 75 million years ago. So this dinosaur is certainly living up to the end of the age of the dinosaurs, not, not at the very end, but at least uh, kind of the mid to, to late Cretaceous. It is a quadruped. That means it walks on four legs. They cannot stand up on their two legs. And the reason why is something called center of gravity. That means your heaviest spot. We can stand up because our center of gravity is our tummies. And that's in the middle. And therefore, it allows us to stand up. A bear can stand up because its center of gravity is near the tummy. So it can stand up on its hind legs. But Styracosaurus's center of gravity is it's on its shoulders, where its shoulder blades are. And that means it weighs, that's where most of the weight is. So there's no way it can stand up because its back legs wouldn't be strong enough to lift its body up like that. So it is a quadruped and it is an herbivore. It is a plant eater. 
Now, when you look at it, sometimes you don't realize how little the teeth are. We look at that beak and we realize that beak might have been good for for cracking, you know, crunching tough plants to help it digest. But the teeth are the thing that I love. I think it's amazing because all ceratopsians have the same kind of teeth. We call them a battery of teeth, a battery of teeth. What that is, is it's over a thousand tiny little teeth that are all lined up side by side, row by row, and they have endless teeth. They never run out of teeth. They regrow and grow new teeth all the time. But instead of having one straight row of teeth, they have what we call it a battery. It kind of looks like a, like a brick. It's a square or, or rectangular looking flat surface. And when you look at it, it just looks like a big rectangular square. But it's actually made up of thousands of tiny little teeth. So when you look at the tooth of a Triceratops or a Styracosaurus, you go, this tooth is tiny. Well, yeah, it's tiny until you add another 999 beside it and squeeze them together like a brick. And you're like, that's a big tooth. Well, that's a battery. That's what a battery is called. So its teeth are really cool. And because of its jaw, it was able to grind really tough plants. And that means that Styracosaurus could probably eat a variety of different plants. You want to be able to grind up really tough plants, but you also want to eat soft plants too. But the good news is if times get tough and there's no more soft new plants, you got to eat the old and sometimes the dead and dying plants. You want to be able to chew them up. And that's what makes Styracosaurus super cool. And all Ceratopsins share that as well. Something I want to tell you, by the way, Styracosaurus has arms and hands. But because it walks on all fours, we always call them the legs. But I want you to remember, just because you walk on all fours doesn't mean you have four legs. And I say that sometimes. Sometimes I say it's a quadruped, so it walked on four legs. That's not true. It has legs in the back and arms in the front. And Styracosaurus and all Ceratopsians have this cool thing. On their front arms, all their weight is on three toes. They walk on only three toes in the front and four on the back. They have five toes on each on their hands and feet, but on the front, two of those fingers are so tiny they don't even touch the ground. We call that vestigial. A vestigial thing is something that doesn't do anything. It's like, um, it's like Carnotaurus with its tiny little arms. Those arms are sort of vestigial. They don't do anything. So this dinosaur has five fingers and five toes, but it walks on three fingers on the front and four toes in the back. So if you ever see uh, Ceratopsian footprints, you're like, those feet look weird. And if you ever go to a museum, look closely and you'll go, hey, it's got three fingers that it walks on and four toes, but it has five on both. Isn't that cool? That's super cool. All right. Well, we got to talk about the frill. That's the skull. That's the thing that makes Styracosaurus so cool. First is that gigantic nose horn sticking out. That thing is 60 centimeters long. That's two feet. If you don't know how long that is, if you're young, ask mom or dad to show you how long is 60 centimeters or how long is two feet. 
And that's the length of that horn on his nose. That is an incredibly powerful big weapon. And I guarantee you carnivores thought twice about attacking this dinosaur. Albertosaurus, Despletosaurus, Tyrannosaurus rex, I don't care how much bigger they are than this. They look at that nose horn and go, dude, that horn could cause some injuries. But the other thing that's cool about it is the frill. The frill. It's got between four and six spikes sticking up from the frill in all directions. It almost looks like a sunrise. Now, I told you that this dinosaur was 5.9 feet tall or 1.8 meters tall. That's not very tall compared to Albertosaurus or Tyrannosaurus or Displetosaurus. So why does its frill have spikes pointing up? When you see a dinosaur, an herbivore that has weapons, if the weapons are pointing up, that usually means that the predators are taller than they are. You don't want weapons pointing down or to the side if your predators are taller. But if you do have weapons sticking out of your side, that's an indication that some of your predators, if not all, or are just as short as you or just as tall as you. So Styracosaurus's uh, frill is saying, my attacker is coming from above. So my weapons are pointing above. That's why they're up there. When you look at Triceratops, he's way bigger than Styracosaurus. Its, it's weapons are pointing forward. It's like, dude, you're not that much taller than me. You're not that much bigger than me. I can take you down. So Styracosaurus's weapons are a signal that says, you seriously want to try to bite me in the back with these things? And there was a discovery that I found to be fascinating. And that is that they found a specimen of Styracosaurus where one of the frill spikes had been broken. Not when it became a fossil, but when it was alive. No way of knowing how it broke. Maybe it broke off in the mouth of a carnivore who regretted it. Maybe one day we'll find a carnivore skeleton with a Styracosaurus spike stuck in the roof of his mouth. Almost like a porcupine. Ooh. Now, the spikes on the nose and on the frill were covered with something called keratin. That's what your and my fingernails are made of. The keratin covering covered the spikes, and that's what made them sharp. If you ever see a skeleton, they don't look very sharp. Well, if you looked under the skin of your finger, your finger bone isn't sharp, but your fingernails are. So the fingernail covering over those horns and spikes made them um, made them sharp and deadly. If they broke the keratin covering, it would grow back again, like your fingernails grow back. But if it broke the bone, then that would not grow back. And so in the case of the specimen they found with the broken frill spike, it broke off the spike. It didn't break the covering on the outside. It snapped the spike. That that takes a lot of energy. I suspect it must, maybe it could have been a male and maybe they were pushing and shoving on each other with their heads down, like kind of the way cows fight and the way buffalo fight. And maybe it snapped it off during a, a, a rival, during a, with a fight with a rival. That's possible. We don't know for sure. But anyway, isn't that cool though that they found that evidence? I found that so cool. In fact, it was one of the first specimens they ever found, I think was found with that broker. So they, one of the first ones they found and went, well, this looks weird. 
this thing is missing one of these. They didn't know that much about it, obviously, until they dug it up. So, like Triceratops, and again, I get frustrated with, with other people who talk about dinosaurs, when they always try to claim that all the horns and spikes are just for decoration and not for function. That just does not make sense to me. It doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean they are wrong. It means I don't agree with it. Why would you have a, a huge, two-foot-long, 60-centimeter-long point sticking off of your head aimed right at the enemy and not use it? Can you imagine during World War II, a battleship arrives to the fight, but nobody wants to use the big cannons because those are just for display. And everybody comes out and throws marbles at the enemy. <laughs> those horns are its weapons. I'm saying that right here now. That's my, vo that's my vote. And that's what I say. And nobody's going to convince me otherwise. <laughs> it, 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 they're weapons. I'm telling you they're weapons. Yes. Deer, antelope, uh, moose, elk, they all grow antlers to attract females. And certainly, I think Styracosaurus did the same thing. When another Styracosaurus looked and saw how big their horns were, it would tell them how old it is and whether they should mess with it or not. Here's something real quick I want to teach you. What's the difference between antlers and horns? Here's the difference. Antlers fall off every year and grow back again. Horns never fall off. That's the difference. Also, what's the difference between a horn and a spike? Well, the horn sticks forward off the face of the animal and spikes are everywhere else. So Triceratops has three horns because they're on its face. Styracosaurus has one horn and spikes on its frill, because the frill is not over its eyes or on its face. Um, let's see. Stegosaurus does not have horns. Stegosaurus has spikes. Ankylosaurs have spikes, because they don't have them sticking off their face. They have them sticking off their side. So I just wanted to give you that little free lesson. There you go. That was a free lesson. You all have to pay me $5 million now, because I just gave you a free lesson on horns, spikes, and antlers. <laughs> so I believe that they use those as absolute weapons. And finally, did these animals live alone or together? Well, the fossil evidence suggests that these animals live together because they find what are called bone beds. A bone bed is where you find a lot of animals all together. And sometimes the bone bed can be all the same animal. And if that's the case, then that means that you had a herd of animals living together who all died together. And that's usually because of a flood, like a flash flood wipes them all out. And so the evidence suggests that, that uh, uh, Styracosaurus lived in herds. And that would make sense for defense. One little Styracosaurus all by it, him or herself could be in danger. That horn only point, points one way. If you have three Albertosaurus attacking, you can only face one of them. The other two can come from the side or from behind you. But if you are there with a the group, Albertosaurus is going to think twice because then Albertosaurus is going to look and go, dude, wait, do Albertosaurus say dude? I know Tyrannosaurus say dude when they talk to other ones. 
Wait a minute. Albertosaurus is from Canada, mostly found in Canada. So what do Canadians say when they say hi to each other? They're such nice people. Okay, so I'm going to think Styracosaurus would look at his friend and go, hey, friend. Or I'm sorry, Albertosaurus would look at another Albertosaurus and say, hey, friend, look over there. Look at those. Look at those horns. Do we want to attack those? So I think they lived in herds. All right, let me take a real brief uh, 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 commercial. I hate to use them, but I have to. And then we come back. I will do some Ask Dinosaur Georges, and then we will do a Who Would Win. Hey, kids. You can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at DinosaurGeorge.com and order your own private lesson today. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at DinosaurGeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right. A lot of the, when I went through the, the, the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page, I answered a lot of who would, I mean, uh, uh, I answered a lot of questions. So um, I've got to figure out what I want to do. I think I might make a segment just for the DG Kids Facebook group. Like I'll give everybody shouts, uh, shout outs when I can, and I'll, I'll answer your questions there. But let me jump in here and answer yours. Now, Henry, you would ask me a question about Carnotaurus's little arms. And I answered really quickly by saying I didn't think he used them because I knew your question was in the Ask DG section. I don't, I don't think they had any function whatsoever. Remember earlier I talked about a vestigial digit. That means the finger bones or the toe bones on Styracosaurus that, that they don't use them for anything. So I believe that its arms and hands were becoming vestigial, meaning they were simply going to go away. They didn't function. They didn't do anything. It didn't need them for anything. If you've ever seen a picture of Carnotaurus, everybody, its arms are so tiny you can't even see. All you see is like little fingers sticking out of its skin. They are tiny, way smaller than Tyrannosaurus rexus. So anyway, um, uh, Henry, I just I just wanted to, to uh, say that to you. And by the way, Henry from New York City, would T-Rex and Dakota Raptor, and by the way, this is one of my Patreon Club members, would T-Rex and Dakota Raptor ever fought? And if they did, what would they fight over? Well, Dakota Raptor, depending on how big it really is, there's a lot of debate of how large it actually is. But Henry, Tyrannosaurus is so much larger. I think I think it's sort of like what you see in Africa today with a lion and a jackal. A jackal looks sort of like a like a little fox or a little coyote. Those jackals stay off at the distance and wait for the lions to finish, and then they rush in and steal leftovers. But they do not dare approach a lion. A lion will kill it and eat it. That's the exact same thing that would happen with Dakota Raptor and T-Rex. T-Rex is simply too gigantic. But if they were to fight, what would they fight over? It would only be food. 
and it would only be during a drought when there was just not enough food to go around. Maybe a Dakota Raptor would attempt to take on a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but I just don't think it would stand much of a chance. All right, my Patreon members, Henry and Ruben, we wanted to ask um, if it's better to look for fossils on the beach at high tide or low tide. We are going to go to the Jurassic Coast. Thanks from Ruben and Hugo. Well, first of all, um, uh, wait, why did I say Henry? It's Hugo. Why did I say Henry? It's Ruben and Hugo. Um, okay, so what? why did I say Henry? Why am I saying Hugo? Why did I say Ruben? Why? I don't know why. Because apparently I don't know how to read. All right, stop laughing, everybody. I'm a good reader. I read well. Okay, so here's the deal. When you are fossil hunting on a beach and there is a high and low tide, it is very dangerous to hunt anywhere on the beach at low tide unless you know exactly how high high tide is and when it's coming back. You do not want to go out at low tide and be so focused on the bones or looking for fossils that you forget that the ocean's coming back. So, boys, if you guys get to go, you need to find out and you need to ask local people. What's the difference in the depth of the water from high tide to low tide? How far back does the water go at low tide? How far forward does the water come at high tide and how quickly does it come back? Because tides can move very fast. There are people who get trapped out in places because they're out at low tide and they get trapped. There are people that drive out into onto the beach not realizing that it's low tide. And the next thing you know, they turn around and their, their car is being washed away into the ocean. So I, I want you to be very careful. Low tide is the best time because those fossils are usually covered by water and not that many people get to see them. But you need to ask local people. You tell mom and dad, I said, you have to ask locals what is safe. Go to the local fire department or the Coast Guard or the lifeguards and ask them to tell you. And I know they will. All right. Finally, this comes from my my good buddy, Sean, a Patreon member, Sean, who said, did any dinosaurs sneeze? I love this question. I love it. Did any dinosaur sneeze? The answer is, I'm sorry. The answer, Sean, is, I'm so sorry, everybody. The answer, okay, I'm better. The answer is, Yes, they did. (laughs) By the way, I'm sorry for sneezing in everyone's ear. Please make sure to use a paper towel and wipe yourself off. We need to be safe. And I'm sorry I just didn't adhere to social distancing. Now you can tell all your friends. Yeah, I had a guy sneeze in my ear one time. Yes, Sean, the reason why animals sneeze is to clear debris and often dust and even bacteria and viruses from their system. Your nose catches those things with hair inside of our noses. We have hair inside of our noses. 
that hair catches that stuff as we breathe in. And sometimes some of it gets into our sinuses and our body is saying, you look, this stuff doesn't belong here. And it creates a sneeze. Cow sneeze, pig sneeze, all animals sneeze. I think all animals sneeze. I don't know of any animal that doesn't. But animals do sneeze, and it is actually healthy to sneeze. And the worst thing you can do, my little friends, is to try to prevent yourself from sneezing. I'm being very serious when I say this. I'm not joking around. When you try to stop a sneeze, the air pressure in your head can literally make blood vessels in your eyes pop. You'll have red eyes. Sometimes girls, ladies, females, they don't. They think sneezing, they want it to be more elegant. And I understand you don't want to make a big noise. And I understand that, but it is very dangerous to try to control it. It doesn't mean when you sneeze, you sneeze like I was pretend sneezing with you guys making that giant noise. That's not good in public. You don't have to do that, but you got to be very careful when you sneeze. So I'm asking all of you, if you got to sneeze, you got to sneeze. And kids, the next time you give one of those big, and your mom goes, okay, seriously, Sean, that's the noise. You can look at it and go, a dinosaur George told me I'm supposed to sneeze like a brachiosaurus. Okay, don't you dare say that to your mom because she's going to come find me and I'm going to be in big trouble. Don't any of you rotten little kids squeal on me and say I told you to sneeze like a brachiosaurus. I don't want to see a bunch of letters from parents on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Dear Dinosaur George, we were eating at a restaurant the other night and my daughter Sophia who's three years old, sneezed so loud, she blew the food off of the people next to us plate. It was horrible. There was lasagna everywhere. And when the waiter came up and said, little girl, what's wrong with you? She said, ask Dinosaur George. He's the one that told me to sneeze like a brachiosaurus. All right. Enough of this crazy business. Let's get ready to rumble. Who would win? Prehistoric creatures fought. Who would win? T Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. I am so sorry. All right. Who would win? First, my little buddy, Rayhan, who I got to do his birthday party. So, Rayhan, this is one of my birthday gifts to you. I'm letting you do a who would win. Rayhan chooses Amargosaurus versus Shunosaurus. This is a battle of medium-sized uh, uh, sauropods, and this is cool. Amargosaurus has spikes sticking off of its neck. Shunosaurus has a club on the end of its tail. Yes, there is a sauropod with a club tail. Now, here's the downside. Amargosaurus and Shunosaurus kind of close in size. I believe Amargosaurus is a little bit smaller. But it's got those spikes on its neck. But the spikes are sticking up. Shunosaurus, even if it is a little taller is only going to use one weapon, and that is the club on its tail. Now, 
if Shunasaurus can turn sideways and swing that tail club into the side of a Margosaurus, it will not, it'll break its ribs. That bowling ball smash is going to break the ribs of a Margosaurus. A Margosaurus is going to be out of the fight super fast. But because a Margosaurus is a little bit smaller, it might be able to keep Shunosaurus from turning sideways and getting to him. A Margosaurus could launch a head-on attack. By lowering its head, maybe some of those spikes would go from pointing up to pointing forward. Whoa! Now we've got a battering ram with spikes. That could change this fight. So here we go. Amargosaurus has got to stay away from the tail. Shunosaurus gets one, one hit in and smashes the back hip of Amargosaurus. Doesn't break it, but it hurts. So Amargosaurus immediately realizes there's the danger. That's where I've got to stay away from. So Amargosaurus is going to spin and stay in front no matter how Shunosaurus turns, Amargosaurus stays right in the front. Amargosaurus lowers its head and comes rushing in, but Shunosaurus is able to sidestep it and Amargosaurus misses because the only way Amargosaurus can make those spikes point forward is by lowering his head so low that he can't see what's in front of him. So he's charging blindly. Shunosaurus sidesteps it is able to turn its body broadside, and this time lands three major hits in a row. Amargosaurus is down on its knees, but not out. And Shunosaurus decides to finish him off by standing up on its back legs and crashing down on top of the Amargosaurus. Shunosaurus raises up and comes crashing down, and yes, the Amargosaurus is gone. But unfortunately for the Shunosaurus, one of Amargosaurus's neck spikes goes right through its foot. Shunosaurus wins the fight, but unfortunately it doesn't survive very long because that giant spike in its foot means Shunosaurus can't walk and it means predators are going to come in and finish him off. All right, Landry would like to submit, and these are all, by the way, these are all uh, Patreon Club, Tyrannosaurus members of the Patreon Club from this point on. Landry would like to submit a, who would win? Dinosaur George versus Blue, the Velociraptor from a future series. Okay, Landry, you rotten little kid. You put me in the ring with a Velociraptor and you put me in with Blue, one of the smartest Velociraptors ever? You rotten kid. You know, wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot about my secret weapon. I have a weapon that is so deadly. No one dares approach. I have two of these weapons, one under my right arm and one under my left. And just as the raptor approaches, I raise both arms and my super stink power causes the raptor to drop over. I once again have won because I am El Stinko, the greatest superhero that ever lived. All right. Henry and Ruben want to know a pack of velociraptors versus four triceratops. Good one, Henry. I like this one. Good one, Ruben. I like this one. Now, depending on the size of the velociraptor pack, is it four, six, 12, 20? Who knows? It wouldn't matter no matter how many there are. And let me tell you why. Four triceratops could stand rear to rear and cover 
north, south, east, and west. That means they can look at all four directions and nothing is going to get by them. So the Raptor pack could circle around them, but they're not going to get in there without facing the horns. If one is facing north and one is facing south and east and west, there's no opening. You might think, well, they can run in between them. No, because if they run in between them, all that the two triceratops have to do is turn their horns into each other. And you now have crossing weapons. You're not going to get in. So in my opinion, even though this, I think, would be an amazing battle, because I do think the Raptors would attempt to rush in, maybe try to jump in. I just don't think they're going to get past that weaponry. Triceratops can use its foot to crush a dinosaur. Don't think if you get past the horns, you're safe. And you want to know something else they could do if they wanted. They might have been able to literally roll over and crush you as well. That would be the fight to end all fights, though. All right, little Ollie writes, Utah Raptor versus Indoraptor. This is a great fight. Wow, Ollie, you have stumped me because I can't tell you. I can't tell you who's going to win this one. This is such an equal fight. I truly do not know. I will tell you guys, I rarely get this completely stumped. I don't know. Equal size, equal weapons. You know what? I'm going to say this. Indoraptor, and, and you all know that that's not a real dinosaur. It's okay. For who would wins, it doesn't have to be real. Indoraptor was created in a laboratory. Utah Raptor grew up. Here's the difference. Growing up means you experience all kinds of things. You know what to expect. Indoraptor is born in a lab. It has no idea how to fight different kinds of dinosaurs. It has no idea what Utah Raptor is going to do. So I believe Utah Raptor would win simply because Utah Raptor had life experiences. All right, Zane, my buddy Zane. Here's his who would win. Dinosaur George. All right, you rotten kid. Wait a minute, though. Dinosaur George riding a T-Rex that breathes fire versus a normal T-Rex. All right, baby. Finally, I get a fight where I get to win. If I have a T-Rex that breathes fire, I'm riding on top of his head. And we would make mincemeat of that other T-Rex. We would win. No doubt whatsoever. It would be one blast of its mighty fire breath. And then I would lift both arms and give it a couple of stink bombs for good measure. And it would win. <laughs> stink bombs. <laughs> How do you like that? And, you know, after the fight. I would find a stick and put a marshmallow on it and stand in front of the T-Rex and ask him to blow some flames so I could have marshmallow. Unfortunately, I would catch on fire and that would be the end of me. All right. Magnus, who's four years old and lives in Lawrence, Kansas, would like to know who would win. Carcharodontosaurus versus Giganotosaurus. This is a battle of titans. This is a big one. Now, we've done Carcharo with Giganoto and Spinosaurus, but this time it's one-on-one. -on -one. Dino e Dino. Carcharodontosaurus and Giganotosaurus. I like Carcharodontosaurus. And one of our members, Owen Miller, loves Carcharodontosaurus. And I try my best never to make it lose because I like Owen and I don't want him to be mad at me. In this particular case, I believe 
Giganotosaurus may have a little bit of an advantage, Magnus. Not a big advantage, but I think Giganotosaurus would win this fight. I think that's what would happen. That's my best guess. That's a good that's a good challenge though, Magnus. I like that. Zach, my little bro, who would win? Giant Shores face bear versus a polar bear. Good, good one, Zach. You always come up with good ones, Zach. Very realistic ones, too. And you always give me tough ones. Man, why don't you throw me an easy one once in a while? Why do you give me these tough ones? All right. The short-faced bear has size, but the polar bear, man, he's got power. Both of these bears are pretty amazing. But here's where I think the difference is, Zach. The short-faced bear has really long arms. Arms and legs. Its arms and legs are long. It sort of seems to be like a, a trotter. Like it could run, not flat out run like bears do, but sort of be a trotter. More like those big long legs are sort of moving along at a fast speed, but not running, running, running. But there's a downfall to that. And that is its ability to turn quickly. Because those longer arms means turning takes a little bit longer. Because your arms are really long. A giraffe can't spin around like a gazelle. So I believe that even though these two would be very equally uh, equally uh, rated, I do think the polar bear is going to have an advantage because it's lower to the ground. Its center of gravity is its center, and it could spin around a little bit faster. I think the polar bear would win. I mean, the short-faced bear is such a menacing animal, though. Gosh. This one's a coin toss, but I, I would say that I would lean towards the idea of the uh, the polar bear. And now my buddy Keith from Canada, uh, his 12-year-old son Tyrell wants to know who would win in a fight between Albertosaurus and Carnotaurus. And by the way, uh, Keith asked Tyrell what his favorite dinosaur is, and he says it's Dinosaur George. All right, listen, I'm not a dinosaur, you naughty kid. What kind of kid are you saying I'm a dinosaur? Okay, I am pretty old. And the last time I looked, I looked at my birth certificate in the doc. I think I was born uh, 65.7 million years ago. Okay, so maybe I am. Okay, well, Tyrell, I'm glad then that I'm your favorite dinosaur. <laughs> and by the way, ask your dad how old I am and he'll tell you I'm 39. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. All right, this is a great, this is a great fight. Uh, Albertosaurus and Carnotaurus. Carnotaurus does not, in my opinion, Tyrell, appear to be designed for a fight. I think he may be more of a scavenger dinosaur first and then a predator of smaller dinosaurs because there's nothing about him other than that heavy duty head, that, that heavy duty horn, those horns. Nothing else about him seems to be like the kind of dinosaur that would go in and attack it, big dinosaurs. Now you look at Albertosaurus and that's a different world. Albertosaurus is a beast. It is a savage dinosaur. It's so successful. They are found everywhere from your beautiful country of Canada all the way down to my great state of Texas. And when you're that successful, that means you are something. And so I think Albertosaurus has size advantage, weapon advantage, intelligence advantage. Every advantage is going to go to Albertosaurus that was named after Alberta, Canada. Every advantage. 
Tyrell, I think Albertosaurus makes short work of Carnotaurus. Even though, look, Carnotaurus, if he could come in head first with a headbutt into the rib cage, he could cause some tremendous damage. But I don't know if he would ever be able to dare come in that close. I think I think he would have to stand back trying to figure out what to do. And Albertosaurus is going to catch him off guard. And I just think Albertosaurus is going to win. Because jaw strength, Albertosaurus could snap bone. Jaw strength with Carnotaurus, he could rip skin, but he couldn't crack bone. Boy, that'd be a fight, though, man. That'd be a fight. All right. And finally, Kai wants to know, Giant Ground Sloth versus Kellenkin. This is great. This is great, Kai. This is so cool. Kellenkin, by the way, is a giant flightless bird, one of the largest, if not the largest, meat-eating birds. Now, the giant ground sloth has size, well over a size as well on its side. The power of its arms was probably tremendous, and it has really large claws. It could inflict an terrible injury. Kellenkin, on the other hand, has speed and certainly has a big beak that's incredibly sharp. Kellenkin is going to get around behind the ground sloth instantly. Ground sloth could never turn fast enough, and Kellenkin would attack the rear. But you can bite over and over and over, but because the skin is so thick, it's going to be hard to really cause injuries. It's going to hurt, and it'll definitely leave a mark, and the ground sloth might slowly die of blood loss. So Kellenkin needs to figure out how to get up onto the back and get towards the neck. And that's where the ground sloth has its secret weapon. A ground sloth is covered in fur. But on its shoulders, under the fur, some of them had body armor, pieces of bone that are connected to the skin. Not its skeleton, it had body armor, pieces of bone that floated under the skin, which meant poor Kellenkid could bang all day long. But unfortunately, he was never going to penetrate that hide. So I believe, even though Kellenkin is the super predator and is amazing, I think he's bit off more than he can choose. All right, my friends, I'm going to take another short break. And when I come back, I'm going to do the T-Rex, uh, uh, the Tyrannosaurus Patreon Club interview, and then we're going to wrap it up. So hang on for just a little while, and I will be back in a moment. <laughs> Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. Would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member. The interview today is with my little buddy, Torsten, who happens to be a T-Rex member. Torsten, how are you doing, buddy? Good. Good. How old are you? 28? No. 35. 35. Okay. You're 35. 
No, 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 not 35. Five and a half. Oh, 35 and a half. Okay, well, that's much older. No, so you're no, thir- no. Stop it, dinosaur George. <laughs> so you're five and a half years old. Is that right? Yes. Nice. So do you have any brothers or sisters? No. No. So you are the king of your castle. You are the boss around your house, correct? No! <laughs> well, who's I'm the, the boss of candy! Oh, well, that's the greatest boss you could be. I wish I was the boss of candy. <laughs> well, sorry, you're not. <laughs> but you are. So, hello, boss of candy. So, let me ask you something, Torsten. Yeah? How long have you liked dinosaurs? Is it ever since you were real little? Since I was two. Since you were two. And do you have a favorite dinosaur? Yes. Who is your favorite? Allosaurus. That's my favorite, too. That is awesome. That makes you and me partners. We both like Allosaurus. How, well, wh- can I tell you something first? You could tell me anything. So, my first favorite dinosaur was a Velociraptor. Well, and then T-Rex and then Allosaurus. Nice. I like Velociraptor, and of course I like T-Rex. Now, between Velociraptor, T-Rex, and Allosaurus, which was the biggest? T-Rex. You better believe it. Which was the fastest? Velociraptor. You are such a smart kid. That's very good. You're right. And who had the horns? Who had the horns? Uh, my Al- brother. Allosaurus. Oh, I thought my brother had horns. Because he kind of looks like a cow. Okay, I made that part up. You are correct. Allosaurus had horns. Ooh, I'm going to ask you a super hard question. Which two had three fingers on each hand? Which of the... Allosaurus and Velociraptor. Nicely done, Torsten. You're such a smart kid. I'm so proud of you. Yes, they well, did. T-Rex only has two. You got... That's right. T-Rex has two. And, uh, no, T-Rex has two and a half. That a boy. I am so proud of you. You are correct, and you learned that in one of our lessons. T-Rex has two and a half fingers. That's very, very good. I am so impressed. That's so cool. Now, do you have any dinosaur toys in your house? What is your favorite dinosaur toy? Which is, do you have a favorite toy? My ultimate garage with a T-Rex. Uh, you have a T-Rex that works at a garage? <laughs> what, what does he do? Change the oil in cars? No, he tries it. He eats cars. He tries to eat the cars when they're going down. Uh, I don't know what kind of dinosaur you got living in your house, kid. But if he's eating cars, I can't imagine your mom's food bill every month. What, does she got to go and buy a new car every week? Where's my car? My T-Rex ate it. Are you serious, kid? (laughs) (laughs) You're silly. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so you like your T-Rex that, that lives in a garage and eats cars. I think that's pretty fancy. So what is your Velociraptor? Eats toy cars. Oh. So does your Velociraptor ride a motorcycle to work? And does Allosaurus fly a helicopter? I'm just trying to figure out what kind of toys you got in your house, kid, because that sounds pretty awesome. Just T-Rex. Oh, just T-Rex. Can he, do you see what's in my hand? Let me see what's in your hand. Can you hold it up to the camera? Ooh, that's an animal that lives in the ocean and has sharp teeth and fins on its back. It's a chicken. No. Was I close? 
a Megalodon. Oh, no. You like Megalodon? Oh, man. I like Megalodon, too. Was Megalodon big or little? Big. Did it eat meat or plants? Meat. Did it wear a hat or sunglasses? None. Uh, I just bought a hat and a pair of sunglasses for my Megalodon. You're saying he's not going to like them? He is <laughs> going to eat them. Oh, okay, no wonder. Well, then I'm not going to get in the water and hand it to him then. He'll probably try to eat me. Do you have any books about animals? Well, let me ask you this. Before you answer that question, Torsten, do you like other kinds of animals? Because you like Megalodon. So do you like other kinds of animals? Yes. What are some of your favorite animals that are not dinosaurs? What are some of your favorites? Uh, the killer whale. I love killer whales. Do you know another name for a killer whale? Orca. At a boy. Orca, that's right. Actually, they're not a whale. What are they? A dolphin. That is very impressive. Now, how do you how did you learn that? How did you how do you know that? Did you see it on TV or did you read it in a book? Do you remember? YouTube kid. Nice. Very good. Do you know that when Megalodon was alive, do you know there were killer whales living with Megalodon? Did you know Megalodon and killer whales lived together? Some scientists think, some scientists think, Torsten, that killer whales are why Megalodon became extinct. We just don't know. Megalodon ate them. It could, but remember, whales are mammals, and that means they have bigger brains, and they may have been smarter than Megalodon. We just don't know, but we know they live together at the same time. And you're right, Megalodon would eat a killer whale if it could catch it. Megalodons ate everything. They ate whales, fish. And Dinosaur George. Ate me. Ate me? Wait, don't, I'm not going to get eaten by no giant whale or no shark. What kind of a kid wants to feed me to a shark? So do you have, so you like, (laughs) you like uh, killer whales. What other kind of animals do you like? What about things like elephants and rhinoceros? Do you like those kind of animals? Have you ever been to a zoo before? Yes. I love the zoo, but the only animals I don't like in the zoo I don't like snakes. They're cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't like snakes. I've never liked snakes very much. Do you like snakes? Yeah. I, I do not like snakes either. I think they're kind of scary. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been to a museum before? You have? And do you remember? Yes. Did you see dinosaurs at the museum? Yes. Yeah. I, I like museums a lot. Especially when they have skeletons of different dinosaurs. Like, I like T-Rex. I like Stegosaurus. Have you ever seen a Stegosaurus before? Yeah, I like Stegosauruses a lot. Yes. Yeah, I think Stegosauruses are pretty cool. I, I like- got a Megalodon beard. Well, you do have a shark hanging off of your chin. I think you need to shave because you have a shark hanging off of your beard. Now, would you like to see a real Megalodon swimming in the ocean? Boy, that would be scared. Would you be scared or would you be excited? Scared and excited. I I think I I agree with you. I agree. I think it would be exciting to see. Yeah, but you would be scared because you get it because it's gonna eat you. 
That's right. Well, that's why you always take your dad with you. And if the shark attacks, push your dad in the water and then you go the other way for help. Uh, Does that sound like a good plan? No. (laughs) Dad is going to get eaten. Yeah, but you're going to escape. Isn't that good? (laughs) No, because your dad's going to get eaten. Okay, well, that's true. I get <laughs> unless unless your dad punches out unless the dad punches out a megalodon punches the megalodon your dad your dad must punch. have a very big hand if you can punch a megalodon do you know when megalodon opens its jaws you could drive a car into its mouth that's how wide it could open its jaws you could actually drive a car inside of the mouth of megalodon mm. I don't know why Megalodon became extinct. Why do you think that they're not here anymore? What what can you guess? Uh because of the age of the dinosaurs? Well, Megalodon came after the age of dinosaurs. Megalodon didn't live with the dinosaurs. It came along long after dinosaurs. So some scientists think that maybe they didn't have enough food because they're really big, right? They have to eat a lot. So some scientists, I see a meeting. So some scientists think that maybe they're not alive anymore because animals like whales figured out how to escape from them. I just don't know the answer. I wish I did because I think it'd be cool if Megalodon still existed. Do you think they could still be out there in the deep water or not? No. Yeah. No. I agree. I don't think there are Megalodons anymore. At least I hope there are no megalodons anymore all right my friend torsten do you have any questions that you would like to ask me yes what would you like to ask who would win all right wait now so let me stop you right there kid do not put me in a fight where i get eaten don't i'm not i'm not okay okay so go ahead well, now you just put me. You just put me in there. I said, I don't put me in there. Yes, let me do it. All right, go ahead. Dinosaur George versus Dinosaur George. How am I supposed to fight myself? <laughs> Would somebody explain how I'm supposed to fight myself? <laughs> wow, stop you it. punch your, <laughs> You punch yourself. <laughs> you punch yourself. Okay, so then if I have to choose, here's what happens. Dinosaur George prepares for the fight. And then Dinosaur George comes up behind him and attacks from behind him. Dinosaur George turns and he sees Dinosaur George. Then Dinosaur George throws a punch. Dinosaur George ducks. It goes over his head. Dinosaur George grabs Dinosaur George. He throws Dinosaur George on the ground. But Dinosaur George gets up and he throws Dinosaur George on the ground. And then, wait a minute, I'm confused. Uh, who am I fighting? Yourself. Okay, got it. So the fight continues and Dinosaur George is winning the battle. But then Dinosaur George gets up and hits him in the head. And Dinosaur George is down. And Dinosaur George is the winner. The winner was me. I am the champion. I have another who would win. Well, it better not include me because I'm tired from that last fight. All right. Tell me Uh, another one. Stegosaurus versus Dinosaur George. Okay. In this battle, (laughs) you (laughs) naughty kid. You threw me in there again, didn't you? I didn't think you were going to do it, but you did it. So you're going to make me fight a stegosaurus? Are you serious, kid? (laughs) Okay. Here's what happens. Dinosaur George. 
I sneak up to the Stegosaurus. And I notice the Stegosaurus is wearing a baseball cap. I pull it down over his eyes so he can't see. And I win the fight. Uh, I am... What if the Stegosaurus whacks you in the head? Uh, I would think that would hurt. Why do you want to whack me in the head with a Stegosaurus tail spike? Uh, that would not be I good. have a question. What? So, how long are you? How long am I? Yes. I am five foot seven inches tall. So, I'm kind of a short guy. I'm not real tall. How tall are you? Do you know? Checking with mom. Are you 12 feet tall? 38 inches. 38 inches. Well, you're almost as tall as me. We're close. <laughs> All right. Mr. Torsten, who's 38 inches tall and is 55 and a half years old. I am so glad. Oh, my name is not 50. I'm not 55 years old. I said 55 and a half. No, just five and a half. Oh, okay. So you're five and a half years old. One of your favorite dinosaurs is Allosaurus. I'm 44 inches tall. Oh, you're four. Did you just grow, kid? I thought you were short a few minutes ago. Now you're 44. How tall are you getting, kid? Are you sitting there growing in that chair? Okay, well, that's good. So you are 44 inches tall, five and a half years old. You like Allosaurus and T-Rex and Velociraptor. And you want to go swimming with a Megalodon. Well, that is amazing. So Let Tor- me tell you, <laughs> I, have, I have some more who would win. Well, if it involves me, there's no way I'm battling one more. Okay, I'll let you do one more who would win. Go ahead. Who do you think? Give me a hard one. Stegosaurus versus Carnotaurus. Ooh, that's actually a good one. That's a very good one, actually. Wow. Well, Carnotaurus is not really giant. He's kind of a medium-sized meat eater. Carnotaurus's arms are tiny, tiny, tiny. So Carnotaurus can... That's right. The two things that Carnotaurus has, of course, are its teeth. And the horns on its head, which you could use to ram. But Stegosaurus... It's not going to use those horns to ram. I think you're right. Stegosaurus has those big spikes on its tail. I actually think Stegosaurus would be the winner. I think Stegosaurus would be the winner. All right, Torsten, let me ask you this. Do you like, uh, do you like the Patreon club? Do you like being in the club? We have a lesson coming up uh I think next week or the week after, I just sent it out to you guys. This one is on dinosaur hunting. I'm going to show you how we dig up dinosaurs from start to finish. So is there anything we're now heard in over 65 countries all over the world? Would you like to say anything to all of the people all over the world? Would you like to tell them hello? Or what would you like to say to people all over the world, world Torsten? I have one more who have. <laughs> Five more who would win. Oh, no, I can't do five, but I can do one more. First, what do you want to say to people over the world? Do you want to tell them hello? Two, 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 two. I want two. All right, go ahead. I'll let you do one. Go ahead. He's thinking a good one. Is it T-Rex versus I got a lesson. All right, what is that? Oh, do you want to suggest a lesson? What do you want to know? Uh, Russian dinosaurs. Russian dinosaurs. Wow. We've not done Russian dinosaurs. I'm going to add that to my list because I like that one a lot. There's some pretty cool Russian dinosaurs. There's some really cool animals from Russia that lived 
Before... And I'm going to do my who would win now. All right, go ahead. <laughs> it better not include me. Go ahead. Dinosaur George. Well, you rotten kid. <laughs> Versus a computer. Versus a computer? <laughs> How am I supposed to fight a computer? Uh, just break it in half. Well, then I would be the winner. Unless or the- put some stink holes. <laughs> oh, Torsted, you are crazy. So, my little friend, I hope you enjoyed doing this. Thank you, and make sure to thank your mom and dad for letting you do this. I appreciate it very much. And, Torsten, is there anything else you want to thank say? Thank you. You're very welcome, buddy. Have a great evening. And, so, what did uh, you say? I said, have a great evening. Anything before that? Before that, I said, uh... I will see you in our next meeting because we have two meetings this month coming up. So I will see you at our next meeting and I will try to do Russian dinosaurs because that is a great, that's a good one. See you later, buddy. Bye. All right. Thank you, little buddy. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I think through half of the interview, all he did was laugh. <laughs> you couldn't hear him. But I could see him because I do it through Zoom and he just laughed through 90% of that. So thank you so much and thank your mom and dad for setting that up where I got to interview you. All right, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. This podcast went super long because I read so many things off of the DG Kids Facebook group page. So let me know. Do you mind if these are longer or would you like them to stay like 30 to 40 minutes. I'm having trouble because so many people are writing to me and I don't want to miss people. I hate leaving people out. So these these podcasts are getting longer. But if you like it, if you're okay with it, I hope you will go to, uh, I hope you'll join us, either become a Patreon club member and you can write to me through Patreon. Or I hope you go to the Facebook group page and you let me know your thoughts there. Until next time, everybody, be kind to each other, take care of yourselves. Remember, being nice to people makes all the difference in the world. And thank you all for sharing my podcast with your friends. We're getting more and more listeners all over the world, and that's because of you. So thank you all for letting your friends know about it. Please tell your friends about my podcast and tell them to join join in and listen because these are fun. Until next time, everybody, take care and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge.